Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Mustard. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal, the show where we settle the debates nobody else will touch. This is very special. This is our season one finale. That's right. Our 400th episode and the finale of season one of We Got This with Mark and Hal. And Hal, I got you a present. Oh, you did? For our season finale, I got you a present. Our 400th episode. It's a big one. Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Here it is. Let me open it up. Open it up. Hold on. Yeah. Right in there. Oh, it's big. I don't want to damage the wrapping paper. Oh, it's okay. You can, you, you know what? You. No, no, I'm no. Not, I'm, I'm going to save it. I'm not going to lie. It's, I'm going full Matryoshka on this. So it's just a box and 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 a box until you get down to the envelope. Oh, let me, um, then let me use my x-ray gun. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a keychain. That's right. It's a keychain. Just says I Heart Orlando on it. Yeah. You were in Orlando recently. I was. I was just So you picked this up at the, at the airport. Yeah, happy 400th episode, buddy. No, that, a keychain is a symbol, Hal, a symbol mm. of travel. And in this episode, we are taking a trip around the world, my friend. I got you a gift too, but it's, seems weird now that I'm copying because you got me a keychain and I got you a new car, which has a keychain to catch the key. So I'll just going to return it. Never Wait, mind. what? Wait, yeah, no, yeah, wait, wait how? Wait, cards. wait, what? I wanted to get you something special. Like, I put a lot of thought, and I've been thinking about it probably since episode 200. What am I going to get, Mark? I'm like, oh, we talk about the car troubles all the time, the car troubles. I know you have a reliable car now, but I thought, you know, Mark's a great guy. He deserves a great car. Thanks, so man. So I, I got you an, uh, an electric car, the one that you've wanted, wow. you know, that plug-in at full electric. Uh, Well, that, that keychain that I got you, Hal, it's not just the keychain. It represents the trip around the world. That's something, right? Yeah, I can, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really not. I, it's weird. The x-ray gun also turned up the card, said it was for your brother. Then your brother's name was scratched out. So I guess you gave it to him and he didn't want it. So they just put it in a bunch of boxes and gave it to me. Maybe. I appreciate it. Let's talk about mustard. That's why we're going around the world, Hal. We mustard. are. Yeah, that was the whole point of that whole bit. Oh my goodness, I, I, was, I, I was, was setting so up the structure for the whole episode. Oh my goodness, and you I were didn't determined know. to make it about my brother. Well, I can't help it. I'm always thinking of Gabe. <laughs> sure. I've got Is Gabe on my mind. That's sure, a, I'm, did, I haven't finished the song yet, but I'm He did on make it. that mustard sauce that one time, which actually is true and is a delicious South Carolina barbecue sauce. Yeah, mustard-based sauce, sure. So how Eve Mazzara asked us a very long time ago, this one's been on the list for a while. Yeah. What's the best mustard? And I didn't know much about mustard and I took a little dive. And in taking this dive, I realized how global mustard is. So it's here's true. A, here's it is a, a part of I every think. cuisine. Absolutely. It goes back to the Indus Valley over 4,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. It goes to, it was uh, in, used in ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. The Bible has the story of the mustard seed. They were using mustard even back then. It's used all over Asia, all over Europe. 
And uh, of course, here in the United States, famously on our hot dogs. Basic mustard. The most basic mustard, the, probably the reason why it dates back so far, is basically ground mustard seed and, and vinegar, uh, essentially, and, with yes. some other things at it. You know, and there are different things, like a Dijon mustard, like what you mix in might be a little different, but generally that would have been like, it's a very basic condiment. In yes, terms of how it is but made. it was not used as a condiment that far back. Mm. Back then it was used, it was ground up and used as a spice primarily and okay. as a medicine. In ancient Rome, it was thought to cure hysteria. So that's good. Mm, sure. Yeah. You know, if you really want your mustard and then you're satisfied once you get your mustard. Yeah. It, it got rid of your mustard fever, that kind of hysteria. Thank goodness. But no, it didn't start getting used the way that we know of it as a condiment until the Romans took it to Northern France and the monks started cultivating it. And then in the 13th century, the 1200s, Monks in Dijon, France, came up with this prepared mustard condiment, as we know it, was when that appeared. And then after that, to just give the quick uh, history of it, by the way, that mustard in Dijon, France, in the 13th century, was encouraged by Pope John XXIII, who was from Avignon, and named his nephew, who lived in Dijon, the Grand Mustardier du Pope. So oh. uh, the Pope had his own mustard man. Cool, and then you have it was- to. Early 19th century, beginning of the Industrial Revolution, the English started milling mustard into flour, and it began to be used as an industrial food ingredient. And that's when we have the beginning of big companies, Grey Poupon in the mid-1800s, Coleman's in England making their prepared mustard, all the way up to French's in 1904 in Rochester, New York, creating American-style yellow mustard. But Mm. it was also used in China with the Chinese hot mustard which is just that mustard, that a very specific hot mustard and water, which activates its enzymes and gives it that super, super tart mustardness. And then there's a horseradish mustard that came from Japan. Mustard seeds, brown mustard seeds used in India, but were mostly just toasted and used as an ingredient and never turned into that prepared style mustard. So there is the brief history of mustard. We're going to take a world tour today, Hal. How do you want to break this down? Do you want to start in Europe? Do you want to start in Asia? Do you want to start right up the street from where you went to college in Rochester, New York? What sounds good? I'm happy to start anywhere, but before we go on tour, I'm very excited about the trip. Mm-hmm. I have my suitcase. I have a fresh suitcase with no stickers on it, Ooh. so I can load it up with stickers from this trip. And I have this brand new electric car. <laughs> and I have a keychain that your brother didn't want. Look, man, will you? I'm sorry, okay? No, no, I'm happy. I love it. You want to know something funny? What? Hanging on my fridge right now because I have not physically seen you. Yeah. Is the keychain gift that I bought you at the airport in Cleveland when I went to go see Ancient Alien? <laughs> Did you really buy me a. <laughs> hold on. You hold on. <laughs> Oh, see, you know, the best bits are when tag on it and everything. The best bits are when neither of us like I just there's no way to. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lenticular. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. It's a lenticular. So you can see the Guardians logo. Yeah. Like Cleveland written in the Guardians font. Yeah, it is definitely a bootleg. So it just says Cleveland's in Guardian font. And the baseball (laughs) down in the corner says Ohio in huge letters. (laughs) On the baseball. Uh, so yeah, you weren't far off with a airport keychain for old Hal Lublin. 
But uh, how do you how do you want to do this? What were you about? Well, to do? I just I want to get a sense of what we're looking for because we could just spend time talking about how there are different mustards and that's fine. But we're right. not. We toured this. Where we got this. Eve wants to know what the best mustard is. Yes. How do you decide that? Well, there are different types of in our culinary tour of the world. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about the different kinds of mustard, the four sure. different types of mustard seed, the multiple yes. different kinds of mustard grind. Yes. And what each of those individual mustards have contributed and where they fall in our particular enjoyment of them. But I think you're right. I think we should start with a baseline of what we personally enjoy. What kind of mustard do you reach for when you're in the store? I always have to have yellow mustard. I think you have to, if you live in the United States of America, at least, have a bottle of yellow mustard, whether you ever use it or not. At least in July. In your fridge. So, yeah, I love it. That's the mustard that we put on pretzels as a kid. Mm -hmm. That's the mustard that we put on hot dogs. It was just the mustard you always had. It was was always there. You know, we didn't have a ton of money, so it didn't cost a lot. It was there for us, available. Brown mustard felt fancier, like a great Poupon also felt like they've always sold themselves as the mustard of the elite. Yeah. That was, did you ever see, oh man, there was one of these food shows that talked about Grey Poupon specifically mm-hmm. and their marketing campaign. It was like an I Love the 80s or the, you know, one of these or the food mm-hmm. that built us or one of these shows where they interview people on the history of a thing. Sure. But they're talking about Grey Poupon and that was the genius of them was they put it in glass. They made it only a couple bucks more expensive, but they mm-hmm. made you feel like you were the fanciest person in the world if you had it. This is treating yourself. If you this have is, this. Yeah. Mustard. If I can't afford a brand new electric car, yeah, I can afford an extra couple of bucks to buy the mustard in the glass jar that makes me feel extra fancy. Right. You know? Yeah, 100%. I do think, like, as I've gotten older, I didn't mm-hmm. like the spicy mustard when I was a kid because I couldn't, I just wasn't conditioned to like spicy yeah. things. But w- now when I get Chinese food, I enjoy the spicy mustard. Yeah, I like that kick. I like how it clears my sinuses out. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of different mustards that feel like they're for specific things. Like a honey mustard is good to put on something. Yeah. But it is not. I like a yellow mustard or a brown mustard because you use them on so many different things. Right. I think what we are looking for, and I'm sure like an aioli as well. Aioli, it just feels like it's a very specific, like this is a sandwich. An aioli is a sandwich topper. More That's than anything. mayo more than a mustard. It is It is a mustard made with, it's mustard and mayonnaise. It's the baby they had. I thought that when was a mustard Dijonese. and a mayonnaise love each other very much. They have two children. Gross. They had Dijonese and they had aioli. And aioli tried to murder Dijonese. It's in Wait, the mustard what? Bible. Did you know that? No. The only mustard I knew about in the Bible was the mustard seed that grows into a big tree. Yeah. Well, the, that's that too. And then Eve used that mustard on a sandwich and then she yeah. gained it was that it was that Jonah knowledge. whale sandwich that she ate right mm-hmm. that she had it in jericho yes yeah i remember vaguely she had it for eight days but she only thought she had enough sandwich for one day yeah boy we're really dipping into every possible judeo-christian just a big mashup yeah. the mustard yeah, her amazing mash-up. her amazing technicolor dream sandwich of mustard <laughs> My mustard of many colors. <laughs> it is yellow and it's brown. Uh, spread it up or spread it down. It's my jar of gray poupon for rich folks. You know. I know. So 
That's where we want to go to. That's your go-to. Is that you like a yellow yeah. and then like a deli mustard brown? Yellow or mustard brown. Yeah. What about you? Well, it makes sense that those would be what you would enjoy because as an American, those are the ones that we know the best. Sure. We know East Coast deli mustard, mm-hmm. and uh, which is brown mustard seeds, stone ground usually. So it has that coarser grind to it and a few spices mixed in. Those based a little bit more on the German style of mustards. Mm-hmm. And then that American yellow mustard made famous in Rochester, New York, 1904. And that's a, that's a, uh, I don't know why that's accent. a Boston accent. Uh, Rochester. Rod, Rod, Rochester. Rochester. No, that's a Hi Jack Benny accent talking to, to No, me. that's Hi Hale. That was, that was my roommate's girlfriend. She was from Rochester. Stephanie. She was from, uh, he was from, uh, they were both from Rochester. What's the chicken kid high school. From? Is the, the chicken, chicken kid, kid Buffalo? Yeah, it's chicken. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm standing out here in a freezing cold because I might get some chicken. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, that kid's amazing. This it looks like a kid. The best tweet I saw about it was like, "This kid looks like he could lay my drywall." Like it's this, <laughs> it's this kid in a start, start, starter jacket talking about a uh, fried chicken. It sounds very like Central New York. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that we like, we have a yellow mustard that we make here. We put it on our garbage plates. And if you're gonna get wings, you might get a a big pretzel, like a Bavarian pretzel. Oh, yeah. You might put, you know, some beer mustard on the side. So we have that too. We have that. That yeah. cat bat hell. Hi hell. My name became multiple syllables. Wow, that you was, had a you had a diphthong name. I did. It, it developed one. Well, you married a southerner, people. so you also have a diphthong name now. Hail. Hail. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. I don't know. I was trying to over accent it. You know how she walks in and she's like, hi, Yowl. How yeah, are you yowl. doing, Hale? Bless your heart, Hale. How you doing? You don't hear it anymore, though. You don't hear Jen's Southern accent anymore? No, I hear it all the time. Yeah. I hear it. But, uh, you know, we, we're too, as actors, we're yeah. tuned to hear and observe the world around us. No, no. Tell me more about it. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> Boondoggle. Ooh, you're so old timey. So let's start it. Well, starting in the United States and we've sure. got some good ones already laid out there that the USA yellow mustard classic. I'm, you know, what's funny that one, I'd never really grew up on that one at home. Really? We always had Goldens, you know, Goldens, Goldens brown mustard. Goldens yes. Spicy brown mustard. Yeah. Spicy brown. That yeah. was our brown mustard of choice. It looked like it was wearing an orange witch's hat. Because you had the screw top, you had to loosen it, lefty loosey it to, and mm. it raised it enough to create the squirt hole. Wait, what? You would yeah. <laughs> normally you would twist normally it, I just try to hat. roll with it. I was trying to figure out what the heck you were you talking. You twist about. the witch's hat to the left, and then it lifts off of the nub. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. You, you makes a squirt hole for the mustard, yeah. and then when you're done, you turn the witch's hat righty tighty. And then yeah. it closes and forms a seal. Can I tell you, I, I thought that that was how all squirt bottles worked because that sure. was the most ubiquitous squirt bottle of my childhood. Right. Like flip cap with a little valve. No, come on. Get out of here. And there are y- yellow mustards did that too, especially if you got the one that was like a barrel, like a yeah. barrel. And then you, I like the you little, ba- the little glass. I have, I bought some Dusseldorf mustard uh, mm. a while back that it came in a little glass bear. It looks like a little beer stein. Great. <laughs> Love that stuff. You know what? Let's jump to Germany. Sure. Let's hop in the electric car here. And, uh, you so know, I'm going to keep me and I'm going to, I'm going to hang it up here on the, uh, on the mirror. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, it looks good up there. Anyway, so we're going to drive to Germany. We're taking the Autobahn. Whoa. 
Oh, it's too fast. And we have a couple of different types of mustard in Germany. We okay. have Bavarian mustard, which is super coarse. This is coarse mustard. I don't like that. It looks like, it looks like boba. Yeah, it looks like tiny boba. You don't like, I don't like uh, that. No. You know what? I'm not. I'm a, a mouthfeel I, guy. I, it, yeah, the mouthfeel of it is weird. Bavarian sweet mustard, though, that's mm. good with a pretzel, but it is a unground whole kernel, uh, if you will, whole seed mustard. I have the same issue with this mustard that I do with chunky peanut butter. Like, finish chewing it or just give me a jar of seeds. And well, let we me disagree do it myself. On I have a mortar and pestle. We do, but we, yeah. we also determined that smooth was better in our episode. We did, but that's I hate calling it smooth. It feels really weird. Yeah, you like it smooth. No, I, creamy peanut butter. Yeah, no, I don't smooth. like calling it smooth. You called it smooth that episode, and I haven't been able to shake it ever since. <laughs> Whenever I see somebody write it, I go, ew. Smooth. Don't write smooth peanut butter. It's gross. There, this is, there are 97.3. This is smooth peanut butter radio. <laughs> We've got the smoothest peanut butter. This next That's one right. is from uh, Peter Pan, who I knew back in the 50s. We worked together on a peanut butter session. Say, didn't you guys work at 97.9 Creamy Jazz? We sure did. <laughs> That's what we used to call it. Now Creamy Jazz is even grosser than smooth <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> Can we leave Germany? I don't want all these seeds. No, everywhere. let's talk about Dusseldorf mustard. Here's what's great about Dusseldorf uh, yeah. mustard. Uh, it's fine ground. So it's that, and it's got the turmeric. It's the yellow sort of like what you think of that pretzel mustard, but yeah. in, it uses vinegar instead of white wine. Right. So it's got, it's similar to Dijon, except it uses vinegar instead of white wine. I like it. It's just got a little bit more of a complexity to it than straight American yellow mustard does. Mm-hmm. It also feels a little thicker. But that might just be that I'm used to French's, which is a straight Water. up condiment. Yeah, watery condiment. Are you, have you had this kind of mustard? Like, when do you, what do you put on a pretzel usually? You just go straight. Some of these are so nuanced that if you have a yellow mustard in the fridge, you're not going to also have a Dusseldorf mustard. I like the pretzel by itself. I think a, a well-made really? soft pretzel at least has like the flavor is good enough that I don't need. Yeah. A mustard on it. If I do have mustard, it's generally a yellow mustard, but I'm kind of agno- like, I'll try different things. I kind of would like yeah. to do a horseradish or a, like a spicy Asian mustard yeah. on it. I think that would probably be pretty good. I feel like by and large throughout my life in Philadelphia, it was yellow mustard was generally the most popular, but there was no hard and f- it wasn't like don't put mayonnaise on a hoagie. Right. Or don't put ketchup on a hoagie. It wasn't like the stuff that I've seen people get yelled at for in restaurants. Yeah, mustard is generally more respected, it seems. Yeah, it's sort of like whatever mustard you like. Yeah, and it's all over the world, too, so everybody knows mustard. Yeah, that's the interesting challenge here. You can't say objectively, well, everybody thinks that Dijon is trash, so we can just forget about that. That's not true. Some people prefer... A hot dog with yellow mustard. Some people like a bratwurst with a Dijon or with a Dusseldorf or with a Bavarian mustard on it. Like there's just no, everything's got its own very, even down to like chicken. Chicken can be good. I've been wanting to make a marinade for chicken breast that is yellow mustard with a little bit of honey and red pepper flakes. Oh, so like a spicy, spicy honey mustard chicken. Spicy, a little sweet. It's also got like the tanginess of the mustard. I think it might work. I kind of have to experiment with it, but you know, it could just as easily be any kind of mustard. Like yeah. that's just sort of like there are people who use stone ground or brown on chicken. You've seen all of it. Yeah, those sort of because it's such a global food and it's been changed around and, you know, 
morphed and like the Germans stone grounded. So it was a little more coarse and the English made it in a powder so that they could do it industrially. Like the whole world came together to create what we know of as, well, no, that's what makes yellow mustard. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have prepared yellow mustard like we do. Coleman's English mustard. Let's make this a powder. Yeah. And then they sell the powder and you can also, do you ever cook with mustard powder? No. Oh, I'd love it. I would, but I know I said it like that, but I would. Yeah. I've never it's had. one of my mom's secret ingredients. She'll put it in cereal, like, grits, biscuits. It just gives it like a tangy kick to mm-hmm. different things. And I heard a crazy thing today that I enjoyed, which was French's now has created mustard buns that have mustard powder in the flour of these hot dog buns. Okay. Okay. Come on. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. Calm down. You're not a bread company, French's. Stay in your lane. French's bread. Hello. No. <laughs> French's. That's true. Yeah. I do have. The I had. French a, I had bread. a sandwich out of French's bread this week. You know what? Exactly. I didn't. Even, I, didn't re- I didn't connect that they were the same company. That's yeah. how distinct the products are. 1871. Dave Baguette mm. created the whole enterprise. Wow. Yeah. Along with Mike Weiner, and that's we why we break. have hot dogs. Sure. Let's take a break. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our trip around the world. So stay tuned and listen to all these words that are about to come into your ears. (laughs) Listen to all these words. I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food, our news, or even the shows we enjoy. The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to Big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The Greatest Generation, the show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind. Hi, it's Kevin from Max Fun HQ. This year for Giving Tuesday, we're inviting you to a super fun tarot event. It's got some of your favorite Max Fun hosts, and it's for a great cause. Join Depression Mode's John Moe, Carrie Poppy of Ono, Ross and Carrie, Stuart Wellington from The Flop House, Tom Lum from Let's Learn Everything, and Ellen Weatherford of Just the Zoo of Us. Your suggested $10 donation supports National Casa GAL and their work advocating for kids in foster care. That's this Giving Tuesday, November 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out MaximumFun.org slash events for more information and tickets to The Tarot Show with John Moe. All right, Hal, let's go to France. Oh, oui, c'est très joli. But first, we're going to make a quick pit stop for some dessert for later. We're going to get some mostarda from Italy, which is... Candied fruit pickled in mustard, and it is delicious. I don't, I don't, you know, I had to think Come of on, like a little the, bit of it over ice cream. There Ooh. are some, don't you feel, don't you feel, Mark, that there are some cultures which are better equipped for dessert than other cultures? And, and Italy has some fine baked goods. We've discussed their baked goods before, they're wonderful. However, it's not all good. Are you about to A, insult my people, and B, turn our mustard episode yet again into something about desserts? Uh, Yes, and you did that. Fair. 
You brought us to desserts. I'm just I pointing bring out us to desserts. This is the Jurassic Park. Just because we could doesn't mean that we should. <laughs> I don't want mustard flavor in my dessert. Yeah. Well, guess what? Nature finds a way to put mustard flavor in your dessert. See, this is what happens when you put mustard powder into a fake Barbasol can. Oh, yeah. Mustard is a clever girl, Hal. <laughs> All right. So let's go to France. This okay. one, I think, for me personally, is the mm-hmm. one to kick off the mountain. And that's Dijon mustard. I have always loved it. I will dip fries. I will get a ramekin of Dijon mustard and dip fries in it. I mm. love that wine taste that it has. Yeah. I love the texture of it. I love cooking with it. I love making salad dressing with it. I, I, I have nothing ill to say about Dijon mustard. Yeah, it is a lovely mustard. has a great texture as well. And maybe thanks in part to Great Poupon and also thanks in part to just the idea that it's French cuisine. Mm-hmm. It has a sense of elevation to it. So there's a classiness to it. Yeah. But also it's great on a sandwich. It's great as a cooking ingredient. Great as a salad dressing. I agree. I think it's kind of the one to knock off of the mountain. Yeah. Much as I personally prefer a yellow mustard, but I think mm-hmm. Dijon is far more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, it's, it's good in sauces. Like I'm not, I'm, there's, it's yeah. rare that I would use yellow mustard in a sauce. Yeah. I, I think use Dijon in a sauce. Yeah. Re- reputationally, even it's better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, I love me some history. It's the one that invented the condiment version of mustard. Well, there you go. Dijon, France. It's the one that started it all. That's from a musical nobody here has seen. What musical is that? That is from Ron West's The People versus Friar Lawrence. You know what? That's not true, Hal. Oh, you did come see that, didn't I you? I did see that. I while that, that show, show while I was doing that show, I came to see, I think that was when I came to see your level five show. Did you and Jennifer, were your level five shows at the same time? Maybe. We 2002, were... 2000, no, 2003. Three or four, somewhere around then. Yeah, I graduated I was in, in there with 2002. Yeah, it was, you were right before me. Okay. Yeah. So then maybe it was in between. But yeah, I did. You come... were a senior when I was a junior. Remember? Don't you remember all those wedgies you gave me when you were putting me in the second city lockers? I do remember. Yeah. Was yeah, good. I remember too. Hal, that was fun. That's why you, you got a, That's why you got a keychain and I got a car. <laughs> <laughs> How the bully emerges again. <laughs> yeah, I do remember seeing your show though. So France is at the top of the mountain right now. It's one of the best food countries in the world. Paris is one of the best food cities in the world. Yeah. Of course, they're going to climb up to the top. But let's go to some other places around the world. We've visited China. I would argue that that Chinese hot mustard, it serves a different function. Clearing out your sinuses? Yeah, but that function, it is good at. Japanese mustard does the same thing. Karashi yellow horseradish mustard. Oh my goodness. Anything with horseradishes. Yeah. I love a good horseradish mustard too. Do not touch your eyes. No, no. <laughs> that, that Japanese mustard could give the Chinese mustard a run for its money simply for the horseradish to it. Japan does horseradish really well. Wasabi, karashi. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I do like the hot mustard. I think it's mm-hmm. wonderful. I, I don't find it at least in an international sense as widely applicable yeah i think you're right there's not as much you can do with it i just wanted to make sure it got its due because yes those we we talked about it it's wonder it is wonderful for what it can do it is wonderful 
It's my there favorite no of the sauces that. in like American Chinese takeout food. Also, I, I love a good duck sauce. Yeah, but it's very hard to find it made. The only I don't know if place I've, I've found out here sauce. that makes it the way I like it that I'm used to having it in the East Coast is Genghis Cohen, which is so far yeah. away yeah. that I I have not had it in you a like long Genghis time. Cohen. Like I just haven't lived near it. I've never lived near it. But when we were going to Second City. When it was located on Melrose, it was like yeah. down the block. Down the street. So you always had a reason to go there. Or when I was hanging out with Ben Acker. I was going to say, you, me, and you lived down the street from it. Tr- yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I did like, uh, I liked Genghis Cohen a lot. Yeah. I liked the mustard packets. I liked that. Uh, yeah, the, they're great spicy mustard. And then you I mix like the sweet. Yeah. Oh, you take the crispy noodles. Do this next time you have it. Do the a little bit of the duck sauce or sweet and sour sauce, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. To me, those are two different things. And then you dip it in the mustard. So you yeah. get the sweet and the insane heat. It's so good together. It's like making honey mustard, but with Chinese mustard. I like it better than honey mustard. I, I, I'm not yeah. a honey mustard fan because it, there's something that feels like it's trying too hard. I remember the, the honey mustard at some big chain restaurants like Applebee's or Chili's or one of them. Right. A friend of mine was a server there and told me that that is the like is like gram for gram is the most calorie potent food on that menu oh because sure. because they're honey mustard i was like why it's honey and mustard he's like nope it is mayonnaise <laughs> with a yep. little bit of honey and a little bit of mustard it is mostly mayo yeah and you're like oh that's why it's so creamy and delicious and also it shouldn't be creamy and delicious if it's it, just honey and mustard it gives it texture and a ton of fat yeah let me ask you this is duck mm-hmm. sauce for duck or from duck People will throw it at you, so you have to duck because it's so good. They're like, oh, you got to try this. But oh, duck. gotcha, gotcha. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. I was just curious about that. That's why my brain seemed to fade off a few seconds ago because I was wondering that. But now I know that it that duck in this case is the verb. That's right. All right. Let's make one little swing back around before we head back to the United States, back to our respective homes. We're going to make a quick pit stop in India just to throw one last one in there, mm-hmm. which is... And this might be against the, if not the letter of the law for this episode, then the spirit of the law for this episode. And I will use uh, the Indian preparation as a symbol for the whole thing. And that is non-prepared mustard, mustard as a spice used in any other preparation. Is the best use of mustard making it a condiment? Let's answer that question. I think so. I think we're ta- I think when you ask what the best mustard is, I think we think naturally of the condiment and its many different uses. Mustard powder is, as you pointed out, thanks to the British, I guess. You don't want to thank the British for anything, man. You are a Pennsylvanian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's ours. That's throw all this mustard in the harbor. That's right. Then dip your wieners in, put in the, and put in those French's buns. Hey, everybody! And you have a dip mustardy- your wieners in this harbor. Now I can use the Boston accent. There you go. <laughs> my neighbors are wondering right now did he just yell uh dip your wieners in the harbor in a boston accent yeah i think we're talking about the condiment as great as it is to have mustard as a powder that can be used a, a bunch of different ways i think we're talking about the condiment specifically yeah i think you're right uh i just wanted to throw that out there because i think it is i, I would like to point out how useful it is sure in other preparations recorded it seems to me like the things that we are looking at unsurprisingly as americans is yellow mustard, uh-huh. deli mustard, which I will just put all stone ground brown mustard into that pool. I'll allow it. And then, and Dijon mustard. 
Is that, I mean, that seems like those would have been the big three that we'd come up with anyway, right? Yeah. Maybe the German Dusseldorf pretzel mustard, which feels like a better yeah. version of a better and yet less ubiquitous version of American yellow mustard. Yeah. Yeah. None of those are better than Dijon, right? No, I think Dijon wins. You know, the episode doesn't have to be an hour long. That's true. How long has this episode been? Ken, how long have we been going? All right. Well, we're an hour 14. Isn't it amazing that when we first started, we were like, let's keep it a, a half an hour. And then here we are at the end of our first season. Yeah. And honestly, you know, what's crazy, I remember when you and I were starting, we were like, well, let's try it for one season and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so we've done it for one season now. I think it's a good amount of time for us to kind of gauge whether we want to keep doing it. I mean, one season, yeah. 400 episodes, like. Yeah. It's a normal podcast season. Yeah. I, how do you, I, how do you feel? I still enjoy doing it. I think we had a really interesting discussion recently about mm -hmm. what we think makes the show work. And, you yeah. know, I think we hit more often than we miss. You can't have a normal season and have every episode be a home run. Sure. But I think we understand what makes it work. And I still enjoy doing it every time. Like, I look forward to having the conversation. It is the highlight of my week, my friends. And the we best part is, week. like, when we hang out outside mm -hmm. of this, I don't feel like, well, we've done all of our talking. Even though I, for me, like, the conversations we have by and large are the conversations I would have with, if if this was a conversation we were having with no microphone, I would still be talking the way I'm talking to you. Yeah. There would just be more and, swearing. But on top of that, there'd be more swearing. But on top of that, when we spend time together without microphones, I'm still enriched and enjoy even more talking with you because I get to do it so much. Like, oh, I enjoy doing this. So any opportunity for us to talk yeah, is a pleasure. So I'm no one makes me laugh as hard as you do, Hal. Oh, thanks, buddy. You always make me it's laugh. True. And I'm, I'm amazed at how your mind works. I mean that in a positive way. So I, <laughs> I want to keep going. Do you want to keep going? I think, I mean, it's only been one season. We can't even know what the pitfalls might even be at this point, you know? Well, I mean, I say, let's do it. Let's lead with hope and not with fear. And I mean, one season does not feel like enough. So if you're down to do it, I'm down to do another season. I am too, but we're also on a network. That's true. And so we don't get to make the decision of whether we're picked up for another season. That's up to Jesse. Yeah. Jesse Thorne, the guy who runs Maximum Fun. Fortunately, we're going to have Jesse on next week for a very special Thanksgiving clean plate. And I think oh, it's a good fantastic. opportunity for us to show him we're still excited to do the show. Yeah. And we want the show to continue. And hopefully that's something he's willing to greenlight. So we'll find out next week yeah. whether or not we're getting a second season. But for now, people of the world... If this is the last decision we ever made for you, we made another correct decision. So you can look back on the 400 decisions we've made and, and hopefully many more to come, at least another 400. Yeah. And you can feel like, oh, I know now uh, whether ketchup goes on a hot dog. I know how to hang my toilet paper. I know whether Star Wars or Star Trek is better. I know what kind of soap I should be buying. And now you know. That the best mustard of them all is Dijon mustard, the fanciest, the mustard for the fancy person. Treat yourself. You're fancy, you're yeah. smart, and you're worth it. So asked and answered, Dijon mustard is the best mustard. That's right. But Hal, listen, we've done a full season. We have discussed many, many topics. Yeah. But I have a sneaking suspicion that there are 
many more topics to discuss. Should we get a second season and the people of the world want us to keep answering things? I think they should reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets. Yeah. And you can always email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com. No matter what, we're going to keep the Facebook group going because it's such a wonderful place to be on the internet and we want you to be there with us. So second season or just one season, we will never be out of season as far as it comes to that community. We want to keep talking with you. We want to keep hearing what you have to say. There's no reason why if we don't get picked up, we shouldn't still all talk to one another and stay in touch. That would be the biggest mistake not to do that. Yeah. So I want to give some thank yous just in case. When we started this show, Ken Plume was the person before he was our producer, was the person who helped us get into iTunes and who made stuff sound good even when we had no money to pay him and who has been supportive and kept us on schedule and helped get us guests and really like done his best to encourage and support us. So I can't thank you enough for that, Ken. And you can always support Ken over at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Also, thank you to Kate McManus, who we met through the Mm -hmm. Thrilling Adventure Hour and who is a really a wonderful and brilliant librarian and who offered to do research for us for nothing. Kate, I hope we have more research for you. I hope we get to do that. And also, Uri Kelman and Jen Albert, two people I worked with. Uri Kelman was a graphic designer at my day job who offered to, because he liked the show that we were doing, offered to make a logo for us. The logo you see is the one he created. He's super talented. So good. Yeah. And Jen Alba, who remains a good friend of mine, would listen to every episode to let us know like, oh, you missed an edit or everything sounds good. So she is our QA engineer for life, whether she is doing it into season two or not. So thank you. Thank you to all of those people. Yeah. Amen. And I would also just like to reiterate my thanks of all of those folks as well, especially our producer, Ken Plume. This show inarguably would not be what it is and where it is without the very hard work of Ken Plume. And also, of course, to Kate, thank you so much. And Uri and Jen. We also have to thank our musicians. Yeah. I mean, when we asked, they answered. Mike Furman, who gave us our incredible theme song that we have heard many, many times performed anytime we do a live show by the crowd at the show. The people of the world performing our theme song is a testament to the brilliance of Mike Furman. And of course, Jonathan Dinerstein with our score at the opening of every episode. How many podcasts have an Emmy winning musician and composer? creating a score for the top of their podcast and also coming on as a guest and being an absolute delight in that regard. Both of them, Furman and Dinerstein. If we get a second season, we will have you back. Yeah, we should totally have him back if we get a second season. Yeah, we might even still just use the same music. Like if they'll they'll let us use the music again for a season two. I don't think there's any reason to switch it up if unless there's a problem. And I can't imagine there will be. No, no, no. But you know who I want to thank the most, Hal? I want to thank the people of the world. Yeah. You know, the people of the world thought this was a fun idea and told their friends and their friends told their friends. And now we have built a really, really fun community of people online who disagree vehemently, but love one another wholeheartedly. And I can't thank the people of the world enough for giving us the opportunity to ringmaster the circus that is our weekly debate and to those people i say thank you thank you 
Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. Jesse, we're ready for a season two if you'll give us the chance. Until then, don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.